Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. You're mid-pregnancy and you need to find a new care provider. Maybe your insurance changed, you've moved, or you're simply unhappy with your current provider. You might be wondering what steps you need to take to do so. I'm Michelle Kazmaier, Certified Nurse Midwife, and today we're here discussing how to switch care providers mid-pregnancy. This is PreggyPals. Um, is that a plus sign? Pink or blue? Hospital or home birth? What type of food should I be eating? I think I just peed myself. I'm pregnant. And I have to exercise? What pregnancy glow? Wait, was that a contraction? (laughs) Gotta make these pants fit! I've got kinkles! What do you mean there's more than one? You've got the symptoms, and now you've got the support you need for a happy nine months. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. Welcome to Preggy Pals, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Preggy Pals is your online, on-the-go support group for expecting parents and those hoping to become pregnant. I'm your host, Stephanie Glover. We've covered over 130 topics so far. Can't believe it. (laughs) Visit the episode guide on our website to scroll through those topics. Listen directly on your computer, through iTunes, or download our free app available on the Android, iTunes, and Windows marketplaces. And be sure to check out our new network app where you can listen to all your favorite new mommy media shows on the go. So here's Sunny with more information about how you can get more involved with Preggy Pals. Yeah, so we have a couple different segments that you guys might be interested in. We'd love to have your submissions for this. So the first one is called Pregnancy Oops, and it's where we're looking to you guys to share your funny pregnancy stories that have happened throughout the nine months, and um, you can submit for that. There's another one um, where you can actually ask our experts the questions that you have about your own pregnancy, and because odds are if you have that question, then someone out there has that question as well. So you can submit for both of those segments via our website. You can go to new mommymedia.com, click on the contact link and send us an email. Or if you want to actually ask the question yourself or tell the story yourself, you can leave us a voicemail and that number is 619-866-4775 and we'll include it on an upcoming episode. Awesome. Thank you, Sunny. Yep. So let's get started with some panelist introductions. I'll go first. So again, like I said, I'm Stephanie Glover. I'm 33. I am the host of Preggy Pals and also a trained childbirth educator getting certified to teach in hospital. Um, I don't have a due date, but I've got two little ones. Gretchen is four and she was my C-section baby and Lydia was is two and she was my feedback. Laura? <laughs> Hi, my name is Laura Keller. I'm 34 years old. I am a childbirth educator, lactation educator, and birth doula. I also have a little girl who just turned two years old, and I had a hospital birth. Great. Funny. I have four little ones at home. My oldest is five, a boy, and then I have a three-year-old boy, and then I have twin girls who are almost two years old, and yep. (laughs) <laughs> I was trying to think if there's any information I should add after that. I, I did not uh, – I don't have any experience with switching care providers, but um, I did switch within my own um, – what is that called? My network own network or... of providers. So I've switched OBs, but not – I didn't have to get completely out of the system. Gotcha. And Michelle, you're a mom, right? Can you I am. Introduce yourself a little sure, bit too. Sure, sure. I'm 47 years old. I have three children. I have an 18, 12, and 4-year-old. My first two children were born in the hospital, and then my third child was born at home. 
Awesome. Well, welcome. <laughs> Sounds familiar. If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. Okay, so before we kick off today's show, there is a news headline that I found online that I thought was kind of interesting. The title grabbed my attention, and it is, Can Pregnancy Stress Affect Your Baby's Dental Health? Okay, so here's the situation. There was uh, a study that was done in the UK, and the results of it claim that your child can be at an increased risk for dental cavities if mom experiences chronic stress while pregnant. Now, for the study, they researched and, and they studied the data of 716 children as well as their mothers. And the kids that they researched were between ages two and six years of age. All the moms were aged 30 years or older. And yeah, they found that if the mom had two or more chronic stress markers, they were significantly more likely to have kids with dental cavities. And there were some other findings some other things in the study. For example, cavities were more common amongst kids who weren't breastfed. Uh, a lower incidence of breastfeeding was significantly more common in moms with lower income. So, so they kind of studied multiple things, but the, the big headline to come out of this was related to your baby's dental health. So I thought we would kind of go around the room and see what you guys thought about this. Like moms don't have enough stuff to be stressed about <laughs> in pregnancy. Now you have to worry about your kids' cavities. Uh, Stephanie, what do you think? Well, I don't have any cavities in my kids so far. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I I feel like there's probably still a lot more that you'd need to know about that study. Yeah. I was probably more stressed in my second pregnancy because I felt like I had a lot more moving pieces with getting a birth experience I wanted and really making that a priority. But we were just told Lydia has beautiful teeth, so I don't know yet. <laughs> I, I'm just not sure. <laughs> Michelle, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I would have to agree uh, with Stephanie that, you know, I'm not familiar with the study and I don't know much about what they controlled for during the study. You know, I also think it's important, no matter how much stress a mother's under, to uh, understand what she's doing to cope with that stress and how yeah. that's affecting her health. So I would want to know if they added any of those into the study to see if that affected the outcomes. Mm. Um, like if there was I, like a medication maybe or something like that? Medications, um, but just their overall lifestyle and how the lifestyle was helping them cope with stress. So I would want to know, yeah. you know, I would want to know how, you know, their diet, exercise, things like that, mm -hmm. how that was also contributing to it. You know, were they making other choices because they were stressed out? Was that affecting 
That's, right. that's what I would look for, but I'm not familiar with the study. <laughs> it says here, I'm just researching or just looking at the article, it says, what researchers were looking for were biological markers of chronic stress. In order to do this, they assessed blood levels of high-density lipoprotein, cholesterol, triglycerides, glucose, and C-reactive protein, and noted blood pressure and waist circumference. Hmm. I don't know if that really helps. It doesn't really kind of address what you were talking about, but that's kind of some of the guidelines that they were using. Anyway, Laura, what do you think? Yeah, I would agree. There's a lot of moving parts and a lot of different factors that affect Mm -hmm. stress levels in health of the mom and also in health of the baby. So I'm sure that being chronically stressed out during pregnancy does have an impact in some degree on our baby's health, dental and otherwise. So it could possibly be one of those factors. Mm -hmm. But I I was pretty stressed out when I was pregnant. So I'll let you know if my kid gets (laughs) cavities later. (laughs) I'll keep you posted. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So today we're discussing how to change care providers mid-pregnancy. Joining us here in the studio is Michelle Kazmaier, certified nurse midwife. Michelle started her career as a Navy nurse, then went on to work as a NICU, L&D, and postpartum nurse, and then followed her dreams of becoming a nurse midwife and has worked both in hospital setting, home birth, as well as birth center. She now has her own home birth practice called Lavender Moon Midwifery. Welcome to Preggy Pals. It's so great to have Thanks, you. Thanks, Stephanie. Thank you. It's great to be here. Awesome. Thank you for inviting me. So, Michelle, many women might not even know their options for switching care providers mid-pregnancy. So it's great to have you here to shed some light on the topic. What are some common reasons why a woman might need to switch providers during pregnancy? Well, you know, sometimes there's the bigger issues where you move and you need to switch a provider because you've moved to another location. Um, Your insurance has changed. And so you need to explore other providers because your insurance changes mid-pregnancy. And then, of course, there's also as you go through your pregnancy, you may change your mind about the actual provider that you've chosen. Maybe doesn't match with your ideas of how you would like the pregnancy care and the birth um, plan to go. So you may change for that reason. And I think that's a great topic too, because or a great point, because some women don't really even know that they have the option to change mid-pregnancy. Mm-hmm, so we can mm-hmm. certainly talk more about that. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's a simple change in insurance, how might a woman go about finding a new provider? Well, I think it's really important to take the time first to narrow your choices in terms not just to find out what providers are in network with your insurance um, or that take your insurance even in an out-network um, basis. And maybe even you don't have insurance and you're paying cash, but to narrow that network down based on your actual value system and what you're looking for, because there's a lot of choices. And in San Diego, especially, we have a lot of different providers, all with different practices, different values, different settings that they practice in. And so you you should narrow your choice down first and go from there. And then you can start making those calls to find out what matches with, you know, other things in terms of your insurance. Sometimes if it's an insurance issue, you can switch to an out-of-network provider that will still take a majority, you know, that still will cover a majority of your care. Okay. And I know too, I think a lot of insurance companies will have some sort of um, website that will show their providers in sure, network. And sure. and then, so I would venture to guess then when you move areas, it's probably similar in terms of 
finding a new provider outside of the area? Yeah, um, we're a military family, so I'm very familiar with this. <laughs> The very first thing that I do is try and get plugged into the birth network in that community. So you try and find out if there is an actual online. It's very easy to find out if there's a community birth network. You can ask some questions there. Family and friends maybe may not be in the area to give you that advice. So, you you know, if you can link into family and friends first to ask them, that would be great. And then you go from there. But it's nice to find a network that can give you some actual referrals, people that are experienced in the area first, and then match that with your insurance. So you have two different things that you have to do to think about when you move, obviously. Yeah. yeah, Word of mouth is so important, I feel like. Now, Laura, when you were pregnant with your daughter, how did you find your OB initially, the one you started with? I felt like at that time I was living in a new city and I didn't really have that community yet. So it was really challenging to make that choice, kind of not having a lot to go on. So I actually just chose it based on from a list from my primary care provider and it was close to my house. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I chose one for um, or I was seeing a group just for like I saw a gynecologist. And when I called for my first appointment, I said, oh, I need to be seen. I'm pregnant. Oh, he doesn't do that. He's just like menopause and gynecology. It's like, OK, well. Can someone else see me? Sure. Who? I don't know. And they just assigned me with someone that they said was sweet. And she was. (laughs) But yeah, I just went off of like, tell me where to go. This is all new to Mm me. Exactly. (laughs) I have a feeling probably a lot of moms do that. Mm -hmm. So um, I know, Laura, you have experience with changing providers mid-pregnancy. Can you tell us a little bit more about why you chose to change providers? Sure. Well, as I mentioned, I initially chose my OBGYN without really knowing a lot about her. And I really wanted to have a natural birth, even though I would be giving birth in the hospital. I knew that I had very specific wishes for my birth. And when I started talking about that early on with my care provider, she wasn't really all that supportive of it. And she was like, well, you know, you can try. Like she kind of wasn't on board with my birth plan and my birth wishes. So she was a little bit more medicalized, did an ultrasound at every single visit, every three weeks. And so after you high risk? No, no, this is at the very beginning. So after a while, I just decided that it, she wasn't for me. And I started doing more research and ended up sw- switching over to a midwife practice where I had midwifery care for the rest of my pregnancy. And it was wonderful. So I was really glad I made the switch. Awesome. Yeah, I had um, I have experience in this, even though I'm a host and sort of the panelist as well, because my first C-section with that very sweet OB or my first birth ended up in a C-section and she was very kind and sweet. And I know that her, she had tears in her eyes just along with me because she knew it wasn't my plan. But um, I went um, really for that VBAC the second time. And while she was supportive, I was in a group practice. So I just didn't know how supportive the other doctors would be. And she had become a parent since my first birth. So she had attended, I think, almost all of them the first round. But I could not be guaranteed I would get her that second pregnancy. So at 35 weeks, I switched to a group of midwives as well. Um, I'm just thankful that they took me at 35 weeks and never looked back. I felt like I was a little kind of like a rebel. A lot of like family and friends didn't understand my choice, but I knew that it was an option and I, yeah, never looked back. <laughs> and I actually kept her as my gynecologist because I really do love her, but just didn't trust the the process there with the, the group setting. So when you've made that decision and you want to go forward and find a new provider, what are some questions that you can ask when you're when you're looking around? What do you recommend, Michelle, with um, that kind of initial meet and greet? Well, what you were just talking about just there, the process that you went through to switch providers is really important, I think, for people to keep in mind is that you're really looking for someone that's matching 
not just your desires, because things can change as you go through your pregnancy and obviously during the labor and then even postpartum. But you're fi- you're trying to find someone that is listening to you, is um, in somewhat of a similar value system as you, someone you feel very safe with. And so I, always, I often tell clients that they need to really under, first understand what their real desires are for their birth. And I mean, really explore it because sometimes we don't spend the time at the beginning of our pregnancy to really think about that. Certain situations, like in your case, you were looking for a specific experience because you already had experience. I think it's harder for first-time moms. But take the time at the beginning of your pregnancy to really explore what your what you think your desires are and start from there and then take that list and and then ask those questions that meet that are important to you not to your neighbor not to your friends but to you right. what's really important for you it may be important the setting may be very important to you you may be okay with a certain setting and then you explore other things maybe you're interested in having water at your birth you want to have a water birth i mean there's different things that you're looking for so you need right. to figure out what your priorities are and then take that too and then ask those questions. Really important to ask real questions that are important to you at the beginning because that's how you're going to find out if that provider is really respecting you. Right. And gives you time to research otherwise. Yeah, if, exactly. If they're exactly. not right. And including you in the decisions. Do they feel like it's important to listen to what you have to say? Um, are they listening? And then do they, you know, that's the most important. I, th- I feel like that's more important than anything. Yeah. I know that when I switched, because um, you know, I researched, researched, and then got to a point where I had to put myself in a position with a good team around me and then surrender. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling like now I'm supported with, with these midwives, even if I end up with that C-section again or with um, some other complications, I, I trusted my team. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I remember mm-hmm. that made all the difference. And you trusted yourself that you actually did your homework and you right. did the things that you that worked for you and your family. Sometimes the situations that you may want or the care provider or setting that you want may be outside of either outside, not in your area. You may have to make a big choice to move somewhere to go. I mean, to act. there are some people right. that come to San Diego for certain um, birth choices. That's or go a big to the decision. Farm. Yeah, or go to the farm. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes you're making that decision because finances are the most important in your family. And that's a really important part of the decision making process. And that's a big one that I tell clients, they really have to explore that because this is there's very there's a lot of choices with that. And if you make the decision to, to pick a certain setting that may not be what was your first choice based on your finances, there are still ways that you can make that setting work for you. In other words, if you were to choose a hospital because the hospital is what is covered for your insurance and financially it makes more sense, how can you make that setting more of what you thought if you were going to choose an out-of-hospital setting? How could it match that better for you? There's ways to do that. You just have to really think through the whole process and be comfortable with asserting yourself and, and be comfortable with telling people what your choices are and not being afraid of that. That's really important. I like to tell mamas that um, there's no room for politeness when you're in That's labor. That's right. That's right. Because it's during the prenatal care, as um, Penny Simkin often says, if it's in the prenatal care, you don't feel like your choices are respected. It's not going to be any different when you go during labor and delivery. In fact, you're going to be much more vulnerable at that time. Those are not, that's a very difficult time to make those choices. Some people are faced with having to make those choices then. It's better if you can do your homework up front first and figure out what's going to work for you at the very beginning. If you have to change, that's fine. And sometimes you will go through a process where you have to change. And when you have the opportunity to meet with providers to ask those questions before really deciding to go with them, do providers charge for this typically? Do you need to be seen as an actual appointment or... 
Um, most providers offer an initial consultation, and there should be that availability. Um, I have heard some feedback from some clients that said that they didn't actually have that option when they switched, but there should be an initial consultation arrangement where you can meet with them free of charge, mm-hmm. bring your questions, get to know them. That, that should be for all providers. You should be able to do that. And hopefully they, they are, they're doing that because that's, you know, that way you really can get a feel for the practice without already being obligated to physical exams and things like that. Right. You might not need. Laura, when you were choosing that, um, your new provider, did you interview any in between? I didn't do interviews. I did a lot more research okay. though. And I got a lot of advice from other people who I knew who were pregnant or had had babies in the area. And I tried to look online as well and kind of read reviews and get some information that way. But it was quite challenging. There's not a lot of information out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mostly was relying on word of mouth and referrals from friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it's interesting because I was referred to two doctors here who have very wonderful um, reputations in the VBAC community. And I actually had an opportunity to meet with each of them as meet and greets. And they weren't right for me. But so many people love them. And so I think that's what's so important, too, mm-hmm. is to, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you get an opportunity or my experience anyway, was that I did have that chance to meet with them and ultimately settled in where I think I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I would have been taken care of with with either of those choices as well. But um, but yeah, I, I did a lot of legwork, I remember, in those those late weeks. That brings us right back to that same point is that it, sometimes we it's difficult to assert yourself in those situations um you feel like maybe you're bothering or you're that 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 there's really no place for that when you're making these choices because it's a very big decision right and um so it's good that looks like you really explored and even though there were community references that were telling you it it worked better when you were really thinking you know really going with your gut yes which was what worked for you yes when we come back we'll discuss the process of switching providers we will be right back Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back. We're discussing changing providers mid-pregnancy. Certified nurse and midwife Michelle Kazmaier is our expert today. So let's talk about the actual process of switching providers. Um, so you've found that new provider. You'd like to move forward. Now what? Like, how do you go about transferring your medical records? Transfer medical records is pretty simple. You just call the office. You can have the provider that you're going to see can give you a release form or can actually do the whole process for you. So once you decide on the provider, they will have you fill out the release form and fax it to the um, previous provider's office and then just obtain your records. So sometimes, um, especially if it's an uncomfortable situation for you, if maybe you left the previous practice and it just didn't, it wasn't for reasons where it wasn't working out for you. It can be a very simple process. I do encourage clients when they leave a practice, though, if they can spend some time talking to that practice about why they're leaving, it could be helpful for that practice to have the feedback. Um, but if you're not comfortable doing that, it can be very simple. Just a, a, a fax of re- release of records, and then you can start the process. Laura, did you have a chance to, to give the old office any feedback, or how did you go about transferring? <laughs> Yeah, there wasn't really a moment where I said, okay, 
OB, we're breaking up. <laughs> um, I made the decision and basically just had to call the office and get my medical records transferred. So it was mostly just their office staff taking care of that for me. And as far as the process of transferring the records, it was pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Mine, I felt, was a bit dramatic because um, the midwives, I think their cutoff for accepting a new patient was typically 34 weeks. Mm-hmm. And I met them at a meet and greet and they saw the the desperation in my eyes and and accepted me a little bit later and arranged for a midwife to come in an hour early on clinical so that they could see me. But they were essentially like, if you can get your records by noon, we have an appointment for you at noon. And so I remember having to just go to my OB office. And I was calling my doula on the way saying, how do I phrase this? And this is so awkward. And, oh, wow. Um, so I had to go in person and wait for them. And they're like, well, are you leaving us? And I didn't know yet. I didn't know what that process was. I said, I'm seeking... Uh, what was what was the term? Like I'm seeking subsequent care, or like you know something like that. I'm seeking like <laughs> contingent care. I don't know. I had some funny phrase to use, and she's like looking at me, kind of. So, but are you leaving our office? No, I'm just I'm just looking at alternatives as well to include with. And she's like, okay, <laughs> like, but I need those records now because I'm appointment. You know? <laughs> and um and then when I made that switch. I decided to call my OB and I left her a message and it was just like, I don't need a nurse to call me. I need you to, I need to discuss my care. And she called very alarmed and I just started crying and I was like, I don't want to burn bridges because I loved her too. And I said, can I keep you as my, my gynecologist? I just, you know, and she said, oh, I know where you're going. You're in good hands, you know? Yes. And if you're pregnant ever again, I would love to be your OB again if, you know, so I did mm-hmm. sort of have to break up with her. I didn't mm-hmm. have to, but I decided to. For me, it, it mm-hmm. kind of was closure a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's why it can be good yeah. to do that. Yeah. I really think it's good. Again, it's just another – you're just exercising that muscle of asserting yourself in your pregnancy. It's important, you right. know, to really just – and then you're also giving valuable feedback. I mean, she might be really upset. She's probably upset from losing you. And yeah. she understood, too, because yeah. I really basically said, I trust you. I just don't know about the other providers. And no mm-hmm. amount of reassurance from you will make me feel better about them because I don't know them, you sure, know. And sure. so, and she's like, I understand. So mm-hmm. it was just kind of nice closure. And I think we had our maternity shot later that day. So I felt like it was good timing because I got to just like be in a different headspace yep. for my pictures. So I was more serene. Next step. <laughs> next step. <laughs> okay. So with let's talk about billing because I remember that was a huge um, kind of weight on my shoulders. I didn't know how it would be handled with – would I have to end up sort of double paying in some instances? If we could talk a little bit about the billing side of things. Mm-hmm. And if someone switches providers, kind of what does that mean on the back end? Mm-hmm. Well, billing in um, maternity care can could probably be a whole episode. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a riveting so episode. We will, a riveting, <laughs> riveting episode. And I can tell you I've learned that, oh my goodness, over this last year. Um, but if just in the uh, subject of insurance itself, Understanding your co-payments and deductibles and things like that and putting that aside, the provider that you previously saw should be able to bill separately for those prenatal visits and then your new provider should be able to bill for those. So it shouldn't be – it should be seamless. It should be okay. And it's – that, you know, you should – definitely be investigating the other portions of it. And we've already talked about that. But once you know that it's going to be a seamless insurance to insurance transition, the other provider should get paid fine and your new provider should. And there shouldn't be too much out-of-pocket expense if you're going that direction from insurance to insurance. Okay. Now, if we don't go that direction and we right. go to a different, then that's a whole other segment. <laughs> but um, And then it can get a little complicated. But if one provider is in, takes insurance, they'll bill your insurance and that. And if you go to a provider that doesn't, then obviously you're going to see pretty clearly you know, how that's going to work out. Okay. Yeah, I didn't even realize before getting pregnant how 
how maternity care was even billed. I remember. Yeah, it's like, very confusing. Very different. Too, it's very so different. Used to, you know, you think of maybe an OB as a specialist. Would I have my specialist co-pays? But mm-hmm. they no, maybe on your initial visit, but then we bill upon delivery for everything. You know, so I just, I remember That's switching right. going, gosh, well, do I have to do anything? Or are they just going to do the math on that bill? And thankfully it was pretty seamless. I ended up actually paying more my second time, but that was just my bad for something I didn't open enrollment. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. And there's all of that to contend with. That's why it could be a whole episode. Um, The ACA and all, there's a, there's a lot of things to consider. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know what our listenership would be for medical billing. <laughs> um, usually financial episodes aren't really that popular, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's something they need, I don't know. So is there a cutoff in pregnancy? I think I mentioned for, for my group's typical cutoff. But is there a cutoff for switching providers or is it more um, sort of on a case-by-case basis? There, there can be a cutoff. It depends on the setting. It depends on the practice. But in general, you should be able to switch providers all the way through your pregnancy and you should, you know, be able to even in during labor, which I know we might touch base on, touch base at the end. But in terms of switching for your prenatal care, most providers are looking at 28 to 32 weeks. Some will take to 36 weeks and then some providers will take all the way to the end. It just depends. So it is definitely, again, if you do your research at the beginning, and again, it's hard to do. <laughs> and sometimes you don't know what you want at the beginning. You can get a little bit more of an idea. You can start with one provider and then know that you have a certain amount of time to switch over to another if you do change your mind. The providers just really want to, most do want to build a relationship with okay. you. So it's really, you so know. That's why and, they would want to cut off is to be able to see you for a bit beforehand and. There's other reasons, but yeah, that's, yeah. that's really, it's really important, especially if you're seeking a sole provider practice mm-hmm. for them to have the time to really get to know you. It makes it a little tricky if you're coming in at the very end, although you can do it. Right. And if you've had prenatal care, a lot of providers will take you in close to the end. It all, it depends if you've had prenatal care. Now, if you haven't had prenatal care, it gets a lot harder. Oh, I'm sure. So you have to make sure you've had some prenatal care. So if you were on that show, I didn't know I was pregnant. It would be. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it a little trickier. <laughs> you can still do it. But again, that's provider. It's provider preference, practice preference. Okay. Everyone has different rules. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laura, how far along were you when you switched? I was 20 weeks. Okay. So right in the middle then. Yeah, it was a long process and I learned more about insurance than I ever cared to know. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but by the time I switched over, I was at 20 weeks. Okay. So thanks for joining us today, Michelle. For more information about Michelle, as well as information about any of our panelists, visit our episode page of our website. This conversation continues for members of our Priggy Pals Club. After the show, Michelle is going to discuss how to switch care providers while in labor. Bet you didn't know you could do that. (laughs) (laughs) To join our club, visit our website at newmommymedia.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Hi, Preggy Pals. I'm Lisa Drexman, fitness expert and chief founding mom of Stroller Strides, a fitness program for moms and their babies. I'm here to answer some of your most common questions when it comes to exercise and pregnancy. And today I'm going to give you some good ideas to improve labor and delivery. Now, there are some mixed reports on the effects of exercise during pregnancy and on the course of outcome of your labor and delivery. Some studies honestly have shown that it has no effect, yet others show that exercise has shorter labors and less painful labors. And to me, that sounds like a pretty good incentive. Overall, I'm going to tell you that the best thing you can do for a better labor is going to be just to exercise consistently throughout your pregnancy. Make sure you're getting cardiovascular training. Make sure you're getting strength training. But also think about what are some of the positions that you're going to be in during pregnancy. I want to see you doing a lot of squats so that your legs don't fatigue during pregnancy. And thinking about hip opening exercises. So a plie squat and actually mimicking some of the positions that you'll be in. I hope during labor that you're actually not going to be on your back and you're going to be in a lot of standing positions. It will definitely, definitely help you um, getting ready. The other thing is that you can work your abdominals during pregnancy. You just can't do a lot of exercises laying on your back. So whether you're doing abdominal bracing or some standing core exercises, the stronger your abs are, the easier it's going to be to move that baby down. And certainly it's important to be kegeling throughout your pregnancy. And honestly, you should be kegeling every single day for the rest of your life, even after baby is born. Those strong pelvic floor muscles will help you get the baby out, but it's also controlling your body so you know how to relax your pelvic floor and it will help you greatly. So overall, I want to see you exercising throughout your pregnancy, focusing on core strength, focusing on some hip openers and um, again, your pelvic floor. And I do hope you have a wonderful fit pregnancy. Do visit strollerstrides.com for more great information on how to stay fit through pregnancy and parenthood. And be sure to listen to Preggy Pals for more great prenatal fitness tips. This wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Preggy Pals. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Newbies for postpartum moms during baby's first year, Parent Savers for parents with infants and toddlers, Twin Talks for parents of multiples, and The Boob Group for moms who breastfeed. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, Please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. How would you like to have your own show on the New Mommy Media Network? We're expanding our lineup and looking for great content. If you're a business or organization interested in learning more about our co-branded podcasts, visit our website at newmommymedia.com. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media? 
source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.